0: Hey guys, and welcome to the Dog Speak Podcast. I am Nikki Ivy, your host. I am thrilled that you are joining me to talk puppies, dog training, real life manners, and more. Be sure to check out our Facebook page, as well as our website at dogspeak101.com. So today I am here with my beautiful wife. Brittany, um, who is going to talk to us today about owning a dog uh, that really needs a lot of exercise and a lot of mental stimulation and kind of what that path looks like. As y'all have heard me talk about Isabella, and um, you probably heard me cuss about Isabella a little bit. Um, I've grown up in my adult life with Rottweilers, and that's kind of been my thing. Uh, but even having Roddy's did not prepare me to have a border collie mix. Um, By any stretch of the imagination. And even though she was, we didn't know what she was uh, when Brittany asked to uh, adopt her, um, we now know that she's probably Border Collie Mix. Uh, So thanks, Britt, for being on with me today. Absolutely. So why don't you just start out telling us about kind of the relationship, how things kind of started with Isabella. um, And so maybe some of the struggles that you guys, because I think that a lot of our listeners will appreciate hearing the struggles, even though you live with a professional trainer, uh, some of the struggles that you still encountered uh, with Isabella.
1: Okay. Well, so I got Isabella when she was like 10 weeks old um, from Goofy foot represent out in West Tennessee. Love them. Um, Super cute puppy that I saw one night on Facebook. And I was like, I gotta have this puppy. So anyway, I got, I
0: I said no for three days, just so everyone knows. I said no for three days.
1: Yeah. But she, she's literally the cutest dog I've ever seen in my life. Like she's almost two, but still looks like a puppy she will always look like a puppy. Um, and I'm going to have to say she's like 90% border collie like this. (laughs) I don't even tell people she's a mix anymore. I just say she's a border collie. Uh, so got this puppy, precious puppy. Um, and then, you know, things like housebreaking were really easy for her. Um, you know, sit that sort of thing. But that was that was really easy for her. Um, the biggest issue I think happened not long after I got her, where due to a medical issue, I was pretty much confined to bed for I don't know three months, four months.
0: Yeah, uh, it's something like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty pretty big chunk of time where. I didn't bond with her really well. Uh, her manners were terrible, uh, and 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 to, prefer it, to preface, Nikki did say, "If you get this puppy, you are working with her, and you are going to, you know, be the person who's taking care of her." Um. So anyway, I was you know hit with this medical issue and was in bed for quite some time and. I didn't get to bond with her in the way that I should have uh, or work with her. So I've got a bored Border Collie puppy in the house who is destructive and uh, annoying. And <laughs> really. The, the cat would agree with that. Yeah, I think all, <laughs> all three of the cats would agree with that, um, as as would you. So, yes. you know, once once I got to a point where I could function again um we you know that's when i really had to sit down and say okay this is not this dog is not like my border collie that i grew up with who grew up in the mountains of north carolina and had free roam of a farm and could do the things that border collies should be doing this this is not her this is not the same dog and i can't compare the two and i need to figure out what makes this dog tick? Because, you know, they're, they're the traditional ways of training just weren't quite registering with her because she is so high strung. Um, and yeah, so the biggest issue and the biggest challenge has been learning to communicate with her in a way that she gets and uh you know figuring out what motivates her uh for instance some days toys are her motivation some days it's uh treats some days she's not overly affectionate she's not the kind of dog that will cuddle with you for hours and hours um she's a go 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 kind of dog so yeah that that those are the biggest challenges uh in the beginning with her
0: Well, I think that we were both a little spoiled because for years, I mean, we had, you know, we got Jake, who's now 14, flat-coated retriever, uh, double D, she's 10, and they were both pretty kind of laid-back, chilled dogs. They didn't really need a lot. If we went for a walk, great. If we didn't go for a walk, great. Um, I think it was that we were both gotten a little spoiled, and I think that's why I was when Brittany was asking about this puppy, I was like, Oh, I just don't have the energy for it. So if you do decide to get her, it is your responsibility. And cause I didn't have time for one. And uncle gray did step in and do a lot of things. Um, mm-hmm. we did do a lot of socialization cause this was pre COVID. We did a lot of socialization took her to, uh, a lot of places, a lot of patios. And, and I just remember she was doing really good, like at patios at a very early age. Um, But it's just something started to change with her. And I just did not know how to meet that need. Even taking trips with Gray and doing some work uh, on just simple things like loose leash walking. You know, overall, she'd do good. And probably some of you guys have seen her on video that we have on our website where we're working loose leash walking. She's a really smart dog. It's just some days it just seemed like there was no connection between human and dog. Um, no matter yeah. what it was. And, you know, you're you're right. It's that, that traditional way that we think of get those treats out, get that toy out um, was is usually something that really works well. Uh, but you're right. Her motivation. I, I don't think I've really thought about that. Her motivation has changed day by day. And sometimes I think hour by hour uh, that yeah. she just changes her mind because I just think her brain is she just seems so smart. And, and I, I swear, I think sometimes she still can understand full sentences. Uh, and I know that's crazy, but it, she does just seem very intuitive, but in a very different way than I think what I'm used to. Yeah.
1: I think the biggest thing for me as far as communicating with her, and, and I don't know when it clicked or how it clicked, but um, we we were doing something and, and you're right. It's, it's almost like she can understand a complete sentence. Um, but I think it's more she recognizes the body language she reads your eyes where your eyes are going uh you know your hand movements everything she's always uh reading you i mean she would be fabulous you know defensive tackle like she sees everything <laughs> she would <read> <laughs> so well if y'all, if y'all
0: would be surprised. I mean, Brittany's going to use those football analogies as much as she possibly can. We're both football All fanatics, day. but she is on it.
1: All day. Yeah. I mean, she would, she would read that QB in two seconds and, and take him down for sure. Um, which, which makes sense
0: with Border Collies because of what they were trained to do. Absolutely.
1: absolutely. Um, but something changed one day where we were having a really good day and it seemed like she was really in tune to me. And then the next day, she wasn't. And I was like, she's just not in tune to me. She's not getting it. Uh, I think we were out on a hike. And I got home and realized, actually, she was very in tune to me. The thing was, I was very anxious that day. And was my, my mind was elsewhere. I was anxious. I was in a hurry. And I was I was translating that to her. Like she was picking up on that hardcore. So it wasn't that she didn't want to listen to me. It was more just, she was picking up on my vibe and my energy and was going with that. And um, I think that was kind of the aha moment where, oh, all right, when I'm calm, she's calm. And when I'm not, she's not You know, she's, she's really picking up on that and she can tell mom's changed. Something's going on, Uh, which I think most dogs do that. She just seems to be a little more, a little more into it. than A little more connected. I mean, most Border
0: Collies are, they stay neurotic most of the time anyway. Um, They're constantly, they have a pretty anxious personality. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think I've, Mm -hmm. I did see that to where, uh, she does feed off you mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Because, because I know y'all wrote that they, you were not bonding and that she was trying to bond to me and I did not want to bond to her. Um, but, you know, I, I did see that switch. I think when you started to realize that her thought process or her just mentality was different than what you were used to, I think once you tuned into that, I start to really see a big difference in y'all's relationship. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, and when you were starting to really meet those needs that she needed a little bit more than just to walk around the neighborhood. Right. She needed yeah. a little bit more than just throwing the ball in the backyard. Yeah. She really needed that extra enrichment uh, on a daily basis, not just because she's a border collie. I mean, she's still puppy. She's now, what, 20 months?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, so and I've seen a change since she finally kind of officially became an adult. But I I think I really noticed it when you started to see that she just needed a little bit more uh, enrichment than what the other dogs needed in the past.
1: Yeah. And the great thing about that is those activities that I love doing pre-illness, I suddenly had to make time for those things because those were the things that she needed. So hiking and and running and things like that. Suddenly I was doing them again, even though at first I definitely didn't want to. Um, but having to make her a priority and realizing that those were the things that enriched her, but were also the things that I was lacking as well and, and what I needed for my own mental health and physical health. Um so it just started to click that, you know, all right, this is what she needs. You know, let's, let's go take a four mile hike and, you know, she can sniff and do all the things that she needs to do to get some mental and physical stimulation. And it, you know, it's worked out for both of us.
0: Yeah, I've definitely seen that. not only a difference in uh, your relationship with her, But I see that she's more calm. She is more responsive. She just seems more satisfied. Um, But I love the fact that it has pushed you to start taking more, you know, taking care of yourself and doing things for yourself um, and letting her push you to get outside that office Um, and, and, you know, take a break from dog speak, take a break from retrieving independence, just take a break from that work and, and that computer screen. And I think if more of our owners would look at it as not just i need to do this for the dog but how can what i'm doing with the dog benefit me
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know mm-hmm. can we find that middle ground of something the dog's going to enjoy along with something you're going to enjoy cuz i know there are times like you'll go fishing and she'll go with you mm-hmm. even though you're not mm-hmm. really doing things together she's still getting a chance to get out and sniff and and you're fishing and she's getting in the water and so you're both doing things that kind of benefit each other and i think that's what a real true relationship is like, you know, you find things that uh, really satisfy both the needs, but things mm-hmm. that you can do together. Not to say that I mean, there's not things that, especially in relationship, you can go do separate. Um, but I just I think that it's been a really good thing for you two, you and Isabella, to find that and find that middle ground. And I, and I have definitely seen a big difference in your relationship. I've seen a big difference in her calmness. Um And you know, I've seen you be a little bit more relaxed um, at certain times because you've had an opportunity to do things to take care of yourself. Um, you know, so it's uh, i I was really proud of you because uh, Isabella and Brett went camping, and y'all, I'm talking real camping. I'm not even talking like camping in an RV, which is what I would do, but real <laughs> camping in a tent with a fire with no water, no electricity, I'm not sure what she was thinking, but she and Isabella just needed um, some time and they went camping. And this was the first camping trip Isabella had. Um, and mm-hmm. I tell us uh, about kind of how that went because I know that you were really
1: proud of her. Um, with oh, her. super proud of her. And and not, like, just going back to, to what you were saying before I talk about that, um, I realized that I was avoiding situations with her taking her places because I was afraid she would mess up, right? She would start acting, uh, acting a fool, so to speak, whining, or, you know, she's not much of a barker, but the whining is, you know, out of hand sometimes. Um, and I didn't want to be that person in public with the bad dog, Um, so I just started pushing myself to do it anyway and work with her on those things. Um, so I think that's a deterrent for some of us sometimes, especially those of us with anxiety, we'll just avoid the situation completely and it doesn't benefit not benefiting at all. Yeah. Stretch the imagination. So she's definitely gotten me out of my comfort zone. I will say that, which is good. Um,
0: yeah, I want to stop you for a sec because you that's a great point is that so many of our clients are afraid to take their dogs in public because of the way they act. Mm-hmm. But so what they do is they avoid it and they just keep the dog at home and then they want to do something and they really want the dog to go with them and then they get mad at the dog because the dog's being so bad. Right. Uh, when it's, if you just start doing things and it can be small, it can be just small things that you do with your dog, push yourself a little bit. Um, and teach the dog how to deal with that environment, it will allow you in the long run to have um, such a wonderful buddy when you're going out. So the 20 months that you guys have spent together and the struggles that you've gone through uh, and you finally kind of pushing yourself to, to take her out and work with her, um, I think has really paid off and, and your camping trip.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. So the camping trip was sort of like, I think we did three nights um, and she was, I mean, she was phenomenal. Um, just great. I mean, it, we had, we had one night in fact, where she it was completely dark out there by Sunday night. Most people have vacated the campground. So we were sort of the only weirdos still out there. Uh, and because it's freezing, let's be real. And, and we're sitting there, and uh, she is like low key growling at something, and I cannot redirect her, and she won't stop. And she hasn't done this the entire time. I mean, we had a raccoon like trying to open beer bottles in the camp, she didn't <laughs> care. The, the dang thing tried to get into the tent at one point, and she slept through it. Like, she's not. <sighs> Not She's a good guard dog. dog at all. Like serial killer could have come in the tent and she'd been like, what's up man. <laughs> um, that's that's the downside of socialization. Um, yes. So she was low key, you know, growling and I put her, I was using the car as the crate, put her in timeout, got her back out. She's still doing it. And I'm like, all right, there's gotta be something there. And I look over and like two or three campsites down, there are two people sitting there. Now, they're not doing anything, you know, bad. They're just sitting there talking. But I had no idea they were there. It is completely dark outside. But she knew that they were there. And that was her way of saying, oh, hey, you know, maybe you should pay more attention to your surroundings, mom. Yes. <laughs> yes. i <someone> there. <laughs> And I, I was like really proud of her and that she was alerting me to that. Um, you know, and, and she's so in tune with what's going on around her, but it's almost like she's gotten to a point where squirrels and raccoons and deer aren't as distracting as something that could be, you know, you know, stranger danger. Um, And that was, you know, that was just another learning experience for me to really start reading her and to know what her body language is and what those, what those growls and what those whines mean. Um, It's not that she's trying to be annoying or not listen to me. There was legitimately something there that was bothersome to her, you know. So.
0: Yeah, and I think if we if we look at our dogs, a lot of times there's a very valid reason for them not responding to what we're asking, mm-hmm. uh, and we need to start giving them a little bit more benefit of the doubt to say, okay, is if there's you know if you're not stopping and you don't normally do this, this isn't just a new bad behavior. There may be something worth paying attention to. Oh yeah, uh, I think that I think that we just expect our dogs, and I say we, I'm talking general public. I think we just expect them to be so robotic and so limited in emotions and feelings and, and and actually we're going to be doing that as a podcast episode about uh, emotions and uh, motivations in dogs. Uh, but this really kind of touches upon that. It's the fact that you recognize that, you know, she's not been doing this, there's gotta be something off. And, uh, and it is, it's always a learning experience. And I do think that they can continue teaching you with that. So next time that happens, You'll be less uh, quick to put in time out or less quick to interrupt, and you'll be a little bit more aware, which I'm happy about when you guys are going camping without me because I'm not sleeping in a tent. Uh, uh, You know, I do think that makes a big point, and, and I think that there'll be a lot of people that listen to this that hear that and appreciate it, and especially appreciate the fact that you you know you're married to me and. Uh, that people are going to think that you're supposed to have a perfect dog because you're married to a, you know, a canine behavior specialist and trainer, uh, but that's just not the case. It's it's about relationship and it's about learning about the dog. It's not about just teaching tasks or just teaching obedience commands. It's about truly creating a real relationship, and that relationship may be different in any relationship you've had with a dog in the past. Uh, and that's a, you know that's another thing is making sure you're not comparing. Did you ever find yourself comparing? Isabella to the border collie you grew up with
1: uh yeah yeah absolutely I mean I could Molly was was our border collie um you know we hiked all the time uh obviously like she was never on a leash uh except to go to the vet I mean the the dog was primarily an outdoor dog by her by her desire, not because we didn't want her (laughs) inside, but she literally hated being inside and that was horrible. So she was a farm dog basically. And our neighbors had, you know, cows, they would get out and they would come pick her up and she would come, you know, herd them back in to love it. And, you know, have not that we trained her to do that, but she, you know, those instincts kicked in. Um, And it just seemed like from the beginning, she was sort of just. The perfect dog um and so yeah I did I would I would compare her a lot like okay well I know she's a smart dog she can figure this out Uh, but it's it's a different environment one you and I don't live on a farm she can't be off leash out in our neighborhood because we know that that is a disaster um not with the way people drive (laughs) exactly I mean get run over um but you know when we take her to our friend's farm and she runs, I mean she's perfect. You know, she checks in, she does all those things. Um Yeah, but yeah, I, I would say I I have quit comparing them. Good. Um recognizing that they're not the same dog. Um and I would I would have to say that Isabella is less aloof uh and uh Possibly a little bit smarter. I hope my family. Oh. I hope my family doesn't listen to this because they will not talk to me ever again. Um, and, and another thing too is, is Molly went with me everywhere I went. Um, you know, I loaded her up in my truck and she went everywhere with me. So, you know, it's not not feasible in, you know, moving from Appalachia to Nashville, but. Um. Yeah, I've I've really tried to stop comparing the two. They're yeah. completely different. All.
0: Yeah, that's a challenge. Um, and, but I think that when you do reflect on why was Molly so good. Mm. Um, And then trying to find some ways that you can incorporate some some type of that. Right. So I know that when you love to when you go to (laughs) Home Depot or Lowe's, they're not sponsoring us, but we would take it if they want to. Um, But I just know that when you were running to do things, you would take her with you. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, now let me tell our listeners, we had started taking her to the big stores very early on. So it wasn't a new place for her. Um, But it's a very exciting place because she was very social and she still is social. um, If you're not a child, Um, you know, and that was, you know, that's another thing is that we socialized her really, really well. And she really does like people. But we're starting to see that she's not a fan of absolutely everyone. And it doesn't mean that there's something that we did wrong and it's not that she's had a negative association. Um, There's just her kind of, I think, mood. Um, and whatever she's doing at that moment, uh, haven't you noticed some of that when you guys are hiking, uh, cause people want to pet her because she does look like a puppy,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but it's like when she's on a job, she's just kind of like no time for you.
1: Well, you know, it's funny cause in, when I do take her into a store and someone wants to pet her, she's all about it. When we're on a trail, it's almost like people are out of context, because she mm, doesn't yeah. understand why there are people in the woods. And that's very scary for her. And at first I was like, okay, well, I need to work on that. And I need to get her to be okay with those people. Um, but what I've learned with her is there are some things that she's just not going to be into and she's not going to like, and I'm not going to force it. Um, I'm, I'm going to pick those battles. You know, I mean, yeah. if there's something that, makes her uncomfortable, I'm not gonna make her do it. And honestly, there are things that I'm not even gonna try to desensitize her to because it's one of those things like, is it really worth it in the long run? You know, for yeah, absolutely for her to know to do this task or you know, to there, you know, noise since there she has a few noise sensitivities. Which is a common border collie issue. Absolutely. And Uh, you know, some of them, yeah, like I'll work on, but there are some of them. It's like, why?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Picking your battles is important. I was just talking with, um, with someone about their dog hates the harness and they've tried many different harnesses and the dog just hates the harness. Like, they'll let them, they, the dog will put the harness on and loves the walks, but hates the harness. And they want to know how to desensitize to the harness. And I basically said, unless there's a medical reason to not use a collar, I would just start using a collar there. You know, why waste that energy mm-hmm. on something mm-hmm. that is not, you know, spend more time teaching the dog how to walk nicely right. instead of desensitizing them to the harness. Right. Um, and, and I think you're right when because my, my initial thought, when somebody calls me and says my dog is afraid of strangers when we're walking, my initial thought is first, okay, well, we need to desensitize. We need to counter condition. We need to figure out what this motivation is, what this fear is. And I start trying to find uh, the answers on how to fix it. And and I think that what I've learned from you and Isabella is maybe I need to take a step back first and look and see, is this important? Uh, you know, Is the dog comfortable, but just not like wanting to go say hi to everybody because they're too busy sniffing the rabbit trail, you know, that's more rewarding. Uh, so yeah, I think that that's, it's a really good, uh, that's good information to share with our listeners because I think they do feel like they have to hit every problem head on and, and that if their dog is bad, that they'll just stop doing it, right? So most people would say, well, if my dog is scared of people on hikes, we're just going to stop hiking.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And there's there are techniques that you can use to, oh, yeah, you know, help the dog with that because it's not like Isabella freaks out. She just doesn't want to be petted on. Exactly. Uh, because and I that, think in her mind, she's busy.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and if if these phobias were something that affected her everyday life, which a lot of your clients, um, their confidence issues affect the dog's quality of life. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it you know, it may start with a fear of strangers in the house or a fear of, you know, a noise, but essentially the dog is just an an, an anxious dog. And we need yeah. to fix that obviously. Yeah. In Isabella's case, she's a, she's a fairly confident dog in most situations. Oh yeah. they yeah, she's pretty full of herself actually. <laughs> um, and so it's like when we do, meet those specific situations that she's not okay with. I'm like, eh, it's not really affecting her day-to-day life. And, and overall her quality of life isn't affected because she doesn't want to meet someone on a trail. We just curve and we move on, you know, walk off the trail a little bit and then move on. And so there's a lot of problem solving involved, but then again, it it is about picking your battles sometimes. Um. Yeah, you know she. I don't care if she doesn't want to be petted on the trail. I don't exactly
0: <laughs> I because don't. not every, not every dog needs to be petted by strangers, right? Not every stranger needs to pet a dog. Um, you know, I'm a big proponent of if dogs don't want to be petted, we don't force ourselves upon them. Exactly, you know, they're another living organism, and they have the right to make some choices, and we need to be more respectful of those. Yeah, um, I think this.
1: Go ahead. I was going to say, like, there are certain songs that I'll listen to, and I think one has a, <laughs> one has a fiddle at the beginning, and, and one has a maybe a, a harmonica, and, uh, man, she is, like, not okay with those songs. I'm like, all right, cool. I just won't play it. She's okay with loud music. It's just those yeah. particular songs, you know? The, the- She's okay when we scream for football. Exactly. She doesn't run in the other room. She's not terrified of it. She's like, what's going on? Where's the yeah. Heart? Who scored, <laughs> you know, but there's that one Anderson East song that she's like, what is this? Ah, I can't. Yeah. Um, and she'll actually like whine along to it. She kind of sounds like she harmonizes with it. It's kind of funny. Nice. Yeah. Um, but it's essentially because she wants me to turn it off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Bless her heart. I, I don't know. So she, uh, You know, so those are the things I'm like, all right, cool. I just turn that song whenever the dogs are out. Uh, And
0: I think that's, again, that's what a real relationship is like, right? You're not, dog. it's not dog and owner. It's, hey, this is my dog. I'm the dog's owner and we are in a relationship and I'm going to respect and appreciate what you do. I'm going to help you learn. I'm going to set your expectations. I'm going to, I have your back. I will protect you. But uh, it's about developing that real relationship. Mm-hmm. and and learning how to figure that relationship out even if it's not as easy as the relationship that you've had with a dog prior to that right. um and and finding that what you did in that relationship may not work for this relationship
1: mm-hmm.
0: um and not think that the dog is bad because it's not working right all right um i'm so glad you got on and talked about this today um and I know it sounds like she is on a computer in another place because we're so busy. We're not even in the same place recording this right now. Um, we are having to record this online. So I hope all the sound is is working well. Uh, just to wrap up, Brett, if you had to give dog owners one piece of advice or just a um, just words of wisdom of what you and Isabella have gone through. What would that be? i am totally putting her on the spot, y'all, because I did not tell her I was going to
1: ask this. Uh, honestly, I think it's, you know, just don't, just don't give up. Um, if, if you feel our, I really felt that this dog and I were not going to, we're not going to jive early on. Like we just weren't going to bond and, uh, and, you know, and it just, it just, you got to put in the work. That's the biggest thing is you just have, you got to put in the work. Um, and it's hard and sometimes you don't want to do it, but that's ultimately been the biggest thing with her.
0: And the work hasn't been like where you've been doing like four hours a day.
1: Oh no, no, it's absolutely just, you know, you've, you've got to learn to be adaptable and you've got to learn to, to change. Um, and sometimes you got to do those things on the spot and, and problem solve. So as much as we teach our dogs to problem solve, you know, we got to be able to do it as well.
0: Awesome. Thanks for, for doing this. I know that you're more of the introvert of our relationship, but I appreciate you getting on and sharing this because I think the clients and the people listening can relate more to you than, you know, me who I've been doing this for 25 years and I say it and they're like, Oh yeah, it's easy for you because you do it for a living. Um, but just know, guys, I have look, worked very little with Isabella. And matter of fact, uh, Brett has done probably most of her training with Gray, and not with me.
1: <laughs> that is, um, true. I've gone to <laughs> Gray's class a few times. I'm not gonna lie.
0: Yeah, so it's uh, for our um, marriage. It was probably better that she worked a little bit more with Gray. Um, well, but I will say that yeah.
1: It helps that Gray has border collies as well. Like he gets it. Yes. Yeah. So. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so thanks for being on here. I appreciate it. I appreciate you and I'm, and I'm love watching you and Isabella get out and do things and, and have such a wonderful relationship.
1: Well, thanks for letting me be on. And, uh, we actually are uh, going on a hike here in a little bit to get away from the office for a bit.
0: Awesome. Have fun.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. You too. I hope you guys have
0: enjoyed the episode. Um, I hope it's really given you some insight to see that just doing a little bit of work and just working with your dog and finding a way to to get that connection can make a huge difference. Uh, so make sure that you guys are following us on Instagram at DogSpeak101. Make sure that you are following us on Facebook at DogSpeak101. And if you've not checked out our Patreon page, please check it out patreon.com slash dog speak so we appreciate you guys and hope that we get to meet each and every one of you and hope that you keep listening and uh, please share it with your friends and if you have an opportunity please leave a review uh, on whatever platform you're listening it helps us to get new listeners have a wonderful week